0: Welcome back to But Why of the podcast, and today we are talking about Tomb Raider. As always, I'm Kate. And I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And it's probably not a shock to anybody that I'm leading this episode. And we've had two episodes in the past, but it's it's Lara Croft and Tomb Raider's 25th anniversary this year, and. We're at episode 167 now, and Tomb Raider was the first episode of this podcast with different hosts, and I don't think you can find it anywhere. So we're taking a page out of Crystal Dynamics books and rebooting our Tomb Raider episode. So the first question is, how familiar are you with Tomb Raider? And uh, what's your level of involvement with the series? Like, How many games have you played? Do you have a favorite one? That kind of stuff. Matt you can go first. (laughs) Obviously I'm
1: familiar enough that we've had three episodes this is now three episodes of this podcast. Um, My level of involvement with the series obviously I played some of the early early PlayStation games but that's about it I haven't really played much never like one of my big like type series growing up so my level of involvement at this point is doing another Tomb Raider episode every year year plus that we have to do. Um, that's about the biggest involvement. And I, I've seen all the movies that I actually really enjoy, except that second one with Angelina Jolie, terrible. But like the, between the reboot movie, I'm excited for the second one, or the sequel that coming, in, and then the, obviously the original one.
0: As a Tomb Raider stan, I'm perfectly fine with admitting that Cradle of Life is just awful in every way possible. <laughs> Adrian?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty... Involved in Tomb Raider, not as much as Kate, obviously, but you know, I played some of the early games, I've seen the movies, I've played all of the reboot games, I saw the new movie. Yeah, pretty, pretty in, familiar with her as a character. She's badass. Um, and yeah, that's where it's really it. like. Who doesn't know Tomb Raider? Who doesn't know Laura,
1: Laura Croft? All the people that like Enchanted <laughs> that think they're the first. Um, that's fair, <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Oh, which we'll talk about that stuff. Um, which I think it is a good time. This is technically our fourth Tomb Raider episode because we reviewed the Alicia Vikander movie.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did do that.
0: So if you're listening to this, you can go check out that review because I actually think it was pretty fun. And then Adrian Matt made me mad at the end. So have fun with that episode. Do we I'm sorry. Sorry.
2: We, we do because, that a lot. So i Because you all
0: said that her dual guns was stupid. And it I was, was like, terrible. how dare it you? Was it was terrible.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. We're
0: not I going like down it. there again. Yeah, we're not. I no. Like no. It. Also, hey, her riding the, the bike the for like no. 30 minutes
1: was weird. Well, yeah, like, that's
0: fair. But yeah, we I have a movie section of this episode. Let's keep the chaos <laughs> at bay until then. So for me, uh, if you have followed me on Twitter, if you've listened to this podcast, I am probably a the biggest tomb raider fan that i know um just because for me tomb raider was the very first game that i ever beat by myself it was the first game that i ever owned myself um and my mom bought it for me specifically because she knew that i loved indiana jones and she wanted me to play a game with female protagonist uh so she saved up bought me a ps uh the original playstation and then bought me one and two at the same time So when it comes to, like, my life as a gamer, Tomb Raider has been pretty influential in shaping my interests, um, both from, like, the game mechanics side and then just, like, the adventure side, because it already integrated with, like, how much I loved Indie and everything like that. Did Um, this
2: start your love for women with big biceps?
0: I don't know. Maybe.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think Laura uh Laura Croft is definitely on like the sleeves or bullshit like oh yeah she is for sure
0: she's like sleeves I don't know her (laughs) um I actually outside of her motorcycle jacket I think every outfit she has doesn't have sleeves
2: yeah she's not about that sleeve life
0: Um, so we're gonna dive into the history of Tomb Raider. Um, so Tomb Raider is a media franchise that originated with an action adventure video game series created by British gaming company Core Designs, formerly owned by Idos Interactive, then by Square Enix Europe after Square Enix's acquisition of Iidos in two thousand and
1: nine. Think Hitman episode. This is where all this comes into play.
0: Yeah. The franchise focuses on fictional British archaeologist Lara Croft, who travels around the world searching for lost artifacts and infiltrating dangerous tombs and ruins. Gameplay generally focuses on exploration of environments, solving puzzles, navigating hostile environments filled with traps, and fighting enemies. So development for the first Tomb Raider game began in 1994 and it was released in October of 1996. Its critical and commercial success prompted Core Design to develop a new game annually for the next four years, which put a strain on the staff and honestly it dipped in quality. If I'm gonna, yeah. The sixth game, The Angel of Darkness, faced difficulties during development and was considered a failure at release. Low-key love this game. Just because she's like has like this evil Lara vibe going on, which is really cool for me, especially with her costumes. Um, and this prompted Eidos to switch development duties to Crystal Dynamics, which is big, be- which has been the series's primary developer since. Other developers have continued to spin off titles and ports of the mainline series as well. That includes like mobile games, some like small co-op pieces. I know Xbox Arcade had released a couple. As we dive into like in order to talk about the history, we also have to talk about like who Lara is as a character. So like a quick character synopsis: She was created in 1993, originally by six designers who wanted to make her an Indiana Jones spinoff, but they ended up taking this in a different in a different way. Toby Gard was the one who pitched um, Laura Cruz. Because fun fact. Initially, and I think I've said this fun, it's not even really a fun fact cuz I've mentioned it every damn time I can on this show. Uh, Lauda Cruz was originally supposed to be an archaeologist from South America. Um and then they ended up changing her to the boring British archaeologist that we have for everything. As always, because if they're not British, is it interesting? I don't know, according to film, they're not.
2: Is it stealing, you know, ancient treasures if you're not British some British archaeologists? <laughs> Are you not just destroying history if you're not a British archaeologist? Fair. Or fair. You know.
0: <laughs> and that was when it was decided on Lara Croft as being her name. Original timeline based upon Core Design's vision, Lara was the daughter of Lord, he- um, Lord Henshingley Croft. And was raised to be an aristocrat. At 21 on the way home from a ski trip, her plane crashed in the Himalayas. As the only survivor, she learned how to live in hostile conditions on her own. This experience made her who she is once returning to the upper class British society. She then truly realized her place was a venture and adventure alone. Over the next several years, she gained knowledge of ancient civilizations. Her family disowned their daughter Um, So she turned to write to fund her trips. And then after discovering several ancient sites of archaeological interest, she made a name for herself by creating travel books and detailed journals of her adventures. She also fought dinosaurs. But like, to be honest, like one of the reasons that I really like her, we'll talk about a little bit more as we go into the book. why those, but it is this really strong shift and juxtaposition between Um, who Lara is supposed to be in British society and who she wants to be. And that was something that like I I understood when I played the games a little bit. But when I watched the first Tomb Raider movie, that was when I kind of like it really hit me. Like I liked Lara because she was a badass and I could be a badass while playing her. But then when I watched the first Tomb Raider movie, it was like, oh, no, this is actually why I like her. Because she says, F you, I'm not going to wear your stupid sundress. I'm going to put on this motorcycle jacket and go be an archaeologist, which I have a lot of appreciation for. If there are no more questions, we're going to move into our boat. Why those after this message from our sponsors, Manscaped. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Now, two million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom, and we want to make sure you become one of them. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. It features the third generation Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin safe technology and features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof, which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink. Plus, if you're looking to smell fresh, check out the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers. That'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance, anti-chafing ones. They're easily the comfiest boxers I have ever touched. This is the perfect package to help you get the perfect package. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code B U T W H Y T H O at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code but why though. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. So the first but why though taking a page out of Matt's book is that it is a successful franchise. After the first game released on the Saturn 96 from the simple buzz alone, Sony bought the exclusive rights for the first three games. It was one of PlayStation's biggest momentum games and pushed the console forward both in Game mechanics and console sales. Uh, so Tomb Raider 1 sold 7.5 million copies. Tomb Raider 2 sold 8 million. And the franchise total, which is actually, if you put this in perspective, there are 17 games for both console and PC. And total, the franchise sold 42 million. Um, so the Tomb Raider 1 and Tomb, Ra- Tomb Raider 2 makes up a, a lot of that money for 17 games. Um so games were produced by Core Design until 2003, and then the rest were Crystal Dynamics. Um, sorry, 24 in total when you include the mobile and web Java-based games. Um, so Sega Saturn, uh, and the Sega Saturn, which a lot of people don't know that uh Tomb Raider One initially came out on the Sega Saturn just because it was ported only to the PlayStation 1, and the Sega Saturn died, and the PlayStation I was like, because survives. the Sega Saturn
1: was way overpriced and was a terrible console that died and pretty much set Sega on their downhill spiral.
0: Also, see our Dreamcast episode.
1: If it weren't for the Sega Saturn doing so bad, Dreamcast could have been so much more better, <laughs> more well, whatever, I don't even know. Thanks, Sa- Sega Saturn. You killed the best console.
2: I. I had a Sega Saturn I liked
1: it <laughs> <laughs> I could not afford sorry. a Sega Saturn for that I mean
2: it looked cool but there was no way oh, no, I, no, I, mean, I just had one way after I didn't have one like during the thing I had one like when it was already like dying already
0: <laughs> when you take sorry I mess up my number. So uh, the original games was 42 million. And then the Tomb Raider games over time now, all of them taking into account the 24, the Tomb Raider games have sold over 81 million copies o- worldwide. And the series has been generally met with critical acclaim and is noted as one of the pioneers of the action adventure genre. I put one of because I don't want to get added, but let's be real. Lara Croft started this entire damn game and genre and yeah. y'all can suck it. Um, yeah, but like, what, like what's
2: before it? Like Turok? Like, is it like, Turok even like before that? Like, after I don't, this? Like, there's.
0: I don't, it, yeah. I can't,
2: I can't think of another one that's like action adventure y in this way until we get like Uncharted and like Far Cry and like all mm-hmm. those other ones that are basically just the same thing.
0: Exactly.
2: Uh, you didn't
1: talk about Uncharted was the very first one ever in existence <laughs> and the only one that ever existed.
0: I'm going to. I'm here for about, all the Uncharted I'm, slander. Well, I love Uncharted but like i'm also going to talk about how yeah i'll talk about it later i have feelings um so uh lara croft has become also has also become one of the most recognizable video game character protagonists and has won accolades and earning places on the walk of game and the guinness book of world records alongside being praised for pioneering female characters in video games But that also means that she has been subject to controversy because of the sex appeal, which I will get on my platform and talk about and defend because her boobs are fine, guys. It's okay. Um, But beyond that, she also had a comic book series line from 1999 to 2005, uh, which there was a Witchblade Tomb Raider crossover that I can't find anywhere and if anybody listening to this podcast has a link to where i can buy that please send it to me uh because it looks amazing and witchblade is also one of my favorite things um there are five novels that came out from 2003 to 2018 there are 11 collectible soundtracks that come from both the movies and the later games
1: and then there are when when are we having the episode of what was more prevalent um movies having their own video games or video games having their own soundtracks
0: Oh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Both things basically are non-existent today.
0: Uh, So Lara Croft Tomb Raider came out in 2001 with a budget of $115 million. It made forty-seven million its opening weekend, which is an adjusted seventy-one million, and ended its domestic run with an adjusted one hundred and ninety-seven million dollars. So made its money back. And then uh, worldwide, it was two hundred and seventy-four million worldwide, which means it doubled its money, which is pretty damn good. Um, it is the number one box office video game adaptation movie. Which Adrian, I don't know if you want to do a quick doodle to a Google to. Cr- I don't think that is. No, true I, don't don't yeah, I, don't I don't think it's true anymore because everything is billions because... of dollars now
2: yeah detective pikachu exists rampage exists uh hold on inflation
0: exists video game movie yeah
2: yeah you never play the game
0: no arcade game and
2: and then they had a port for
1: it on uh i thought the rock was just like
0: put me in a kaiju movie and they did no that's a video
1: game movie the problem is they kind of messed up the video game part it looks like but (laughs) because they had to have humans uh, oh, it's look, okay. It's
2: it's eight worldwide Is, box office without adjusting for inflation. and domestic. So, so I think adjusting for inflation. Well, that's too hard to find, Kate. Like that's that's okay. That's according work. with
0: this <laughs> with these notes in 2017, uh, when yeah. looking at adjusted for actual domestic gross, Warcraft, Angry Birds, and Prince of Persia outdo it, but they outdo it because of foreign market.
1: There's been yeah. a second Angry Birds since we had this. Episode. I know. Well, the second
2: Angry Birds isn't up there. Uh, Rampage and Detective Pikachu are on that list now, but it's still up there. Like, that movie came out in 2001 and still made $274 million. All the movies above it are 2010 and above.
0: Oh, that makes makes
1: sense. Inflation. Because is
0: World of Warcraft still number
2: one? World of Warcraft still is number one because it made, like, $300 million (laughs) in China.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's going to be a tough one to beat. Detective Pikachu almost beat it, but...
0: Yeah, I I would say Tomb Raider is still my favorite direct video game adaptation that I have a connection to. Detective Pikachu is my favorite live action adaptation of an anime game thingy that I don't really know that well.
2: Yeah, I mean, the first movie is really, really good. Like, it gives you everything you need to know. Like, here is the movie like there's no like real backstory or anything a like that. A banging
0: like night like early two thousand nineties 90s hacker soundtrack. Uh <laughs> yeah,
2: the opening is fantastic. Uh
0: fantastic. and sadly it has a 5.7 on IMDb and a 20% around in Tomatoes. <laughs>
1: Damn, is that bad on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm
0: really angry about that. Like, it yeah. it bugs me because a lot of the Rotten Tomatoes stuff is from newer, st- is obviously, like, newer uh, newer uh reviews of it and everything. And, like, ultimately for me, like, as a fan of the game series, I don't think that there's another movie. Well, uh, in the Vikander's Tomb Raider does a really good job with its adaptation, but, like... The does entire it? It, it does actually. Yeah, it does. Um, it does it extremely well. I mean, that it kind of squishes Tomb Raider to Adrian. I swear, you can <laughs> like as I said in that review. You in that review thing, you get dual wield guns against the last boss, and that was the only good thing. We about didn't have that a last boss, Kate.
1: Movie. We had a disease because they didn't want to go full <laughs> mystic.
0: Anyway, go listen to that review. <laughs> was she gonna we're shoot not the gonna disease? Get
1: was she going to sh- get my gun to shoot that disease? John, John Wick the disease.
0: <laughs> John Wick would. You know what? John Wick would shoot the disease and he would win.
1: Yeah. <laughs> those people sitting outside I mean, shooting the mean, That Rotten Tomatoes thing
2: is more annoying given the fact that the second movie is higher.
0: Yes. Uh, which, <laughs> uh, my last point on the Two Meter movie is one of the reasons why I really like it is because its opening is pretty much... Uh, the best description of the mansion tutorial level, as well as the little MP3 player that she's going for, is visually designed off of something that you look for in the game. And it's like match for match perfect. And like Angie was, Angelina Jolie was perfect to play for the original Lara
1: Croft. Are you on a nickname basis with Angelina no, Jolie? No,
0: I have a friend <laughs> named Angie, and I don't know why I thought of her.
1: <laughs> but also, we do have to remember this is still 2001. Video games, one, are hardly still very accepted, let yeah. alone, like, video game adaptations. Because before this, I know we'd have, like, the Super Mario Bros, which is terrible. And then This I was can't really, really the first... Mortal Kombat. Like, yeah. Mortal Kombat, really the helped. first one, I think it's just... The first one's actually pretty good. The second one is horrendous, again. But, like, outside of those three movies, I couldn't tell you another one. Now, some of them might have, like, a little weird, you know, connotation to one, yeah. but not, like, full on. So,
0: like... I know that like this one doesn't do well critically, but I feel like if you talk to like video game fans or even just general audiences and you asked what their top video game movies are, it would be like Mortal Kombat and Tomb Raider. Those two things would be there.
1: Yeah, I thought this one was going to be in the 50s, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's what I would I would probably I would probably put it at like a 50 or a 60 taking my bias out of it because i i have seen i know this movie script by heart like i have seen it too many times um but that moves us into the abysmal thing that is called Lara croft tomb raider the cradle of life um where they replace daniel craig bond girl which is the best thing daniel craig is the only bond to have been a bond girl before he was a bond it's if you have not re-watched tomb raider watch it through that lens and it is amazing Um, so then we
1: get terrible Gerard Butler.
0: Yeah, Gerard Butler. I like the man, but also like, I feel like he comes in to do sequels of things that other like British slash accented Irish. I don't know what I don't know. Like UK accented people are Gerard Butler is like, oh, you need one to fill in. Here I am. Um, and I feel like that's very much the case here. Um, so Cradle of Life came out in 2003. It had a 95 million dollar budget, and it opened at a 21 million dollar opening weekend, 30 million adjusted. Um, it ended up grossing 92 million adjusted and made 156 worldwide. Bah, bah, bah.
2: this movie is terrible that's still 12 uh on on, the the list just so we're clear like that's still like really really high um for like money wise because i was looking at the list because that because you mentioned it, i was like well what other video game movies really are there before that date you have super mario brothers 1993 double dragon 1994 street fighter 1994 mortal combat both of the Mortal Kombat's, and then Wing Commander 1999, and so, then you have Tomb Raider, and then after Tomb Raider, then you have Resident Evil, House of Dead, uh, Alone in the Dark, Doom, Silent Hill. Like.
0: I would argue that Tomb Raider definitely kicks off, because if you look yeah. if you look also, if you look at the protagonists in all of those, I think Tomb Raider kicks off greenlighting these movies, especially when they have a female protagonist. Female protagonists with guns killing things, I feel like,
1: becomes a shot <laughs> So one yeah. Wing Commander, I for, didn't really know that movie existed. That has Keanu um,
0: Reeves in it, doesn't it? What Wing Commander
1: has Matthew Lillard?
0: Oh no, Matthew Lillard, that's what it was. Never mind. I was
1: like, I'm pretty sure no. Um, that one doesn't exist. Um, what was the thing? I had another one before you said it. Um, what was the other one you said right after? Double oh, Dragon. Street Double Dragon. Actually, like Double Dragon movie, but I know everybody hated that movie. Freddie Prinze
0: Jr. That's who it has in it. Sorry. And yeah. there's your problem. I mean,
2: and even money wise, there, Mortal Kombat makes the most at 120 million, and the other ones are 51 million, 11 million, 4 million, you know. So, they do do nearly as well as the first.
1: The funny movie. thing about Street Fighter, I remember watching another kid going, I like this, even though I hated what they did with Blanca, but also I like John Claude Van Damme and other stuff. But it was one of those, I was like, you know what? They came back and I was like, I'll try to rewatch this movie. I couldn't do it. I was like, oh my it's gosh. It was really, like, this movie really is bad. terrible.
0: I'm going to. It's bad because
2: it's. No it, it's not a Street Fighter movie. I will fully... No, like, it is not a Street Fighter I will Fighter die movie. on that hill. Like, that's not a Street Fighter movie. That movie's terrible. So, All of somebody... the cool Street Fighter stuff isn't in the movie, and I feel bad for every actor who had to be in that movie.
0: Okay, you know what? That's how I feel about DOA. That Dead or <laughs> Alive movie that we got. Because, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, he doesn't even do the splits. He doesn't even do the, the Van Damme splits in that movie. Like, that's a perfect movie for him to do the splits, and he doesn't even do it.
0: So I really like the Street Fighter movie.
1: No, you have to rewatch it. I did when I was a kid. I, I like, watched
0: yeah! it in like 2012. Like I didn't watch it as a child.
1: You were definitely a child then. You clearly had to have been. <laughs> you need to re-watch that movie then. That is terrible. I I thought you tried to rewatch it when I did and I couldn't make it. Poor no. old Julia, dude. Like that guy had to like <sighs> How did he fit in that suit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, so sadly, Cradle of the Life has a 24%. On Rotten Tomatoes so 4% better because critics are dumb I say this as a critic <laughs> I have insight into that culture <laughs> um but yeah so then since since we had first done this episode we now have another Tomb Raider movie just Tomb Raider Uh, That came out in 2018, and Lara Croft is played by Alicia Vikander, who I initially did not like for the role, and then I saw how jacked she was. And, like, Homegirl has, like, 0% body fat, an 8-pack, and when she did her pull-ups on that plane, you saw all of her back muscles. So uh, I'm here for it. Uh, She did Lara proud. Um, But it is important to note that she is specifically playing... uh, I call it Reboot Lara, and it's technically a prequel, not a reboot, but it's a reboot. Um, But she's playing Lara Croft from the 2013 games, and in my opinion, it is a very well-done adaptation for that Lara. Like, I can't imagine, like, if Angelina Jolie was perfect for original Lara Croft, Alicia Vikander is perfect for 2013 Lara Croft. And I really, I I can't wait to get a sequel to this we're supposed to be getting a sequel to this but covid exists now so yeah. who knows well i mean what's they did happen. confirm that
1: one is happening yeah so there is one coming yeah, We don't it, know what It's year a that great is.
0: it was a
2: great intro movie like yes. it gives you everything you need to know i wish you would have got her double guns in the second movie but i think i thought i thought it was good i but i think when we talk about it right like is it one of those times where you didn't know if you're going to get a second movie so like just give her the double guns now because you don't yes. know if you're going to get green like exactly. that second one and especially like when it doesn't even make as much money as the two thousand one Tomb Raider, like that's it's a valid fear. But I yeah. would have liked to see it. Like,
1: I like the movie; else. But it's it good. Def- Lucifer
2: is Jack; he's super Jack.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it's definitely one of those. Like, I it's set; it's a great setup movie. I don't think it's like the greatest movie ever or anything. I did enjoy it. There's still some issues with the double guns, a few at the beginning, and then obviously the whole that we wanted to make mystic stuff into regular diseases. But I think what it does is set up movie to where I expect big things from the second yes. movie that we're getting. Yeah. Like, if the second movie doesn't hit, like, super well, then it's just, like, I don't know, you wasted this yeah. whole movie. Because I, I think there are flaws in the first one, but as Adrian said, it's a set movie that you're expecting to. And it seems the way they even did it, like, it set up to do multiple movies.
2: Yeah, I know you're going to get into this in the next, but why, though? But, like, I think the best thing about, like, the Tomb Raider movies in general is that they just, like, they do the game mechanics. Like, yes. She's platforming. She's... She's shooting stuff like she's. Um,
0: My favorite you know, thing is when. Uh, so in the original Tomb Raider games, there's a very specific jump animation when you jump backwards and sideways, and Angelina Jolie does that in the, her movies. And then there's a very specific bow animation with how Lara moves in the new Tomb Raider games that the Cander does when she's using her bow. And so, like I like. As a Tomb Raider fan, I can say that I have eaten very well when it comes to adaptations of material that I love. Um, which, uh, that is our next point. Game mechanics. um, Because... This is a big one. So like there's technically another 3D platformer before this, but like what really solidifies it, especially when it comes to um, magnetic locking to platforms to help ease you into the platforming system. Uh, Tomb Raider is the pioneer of that type of gameplay. So it is the, it is one of the first or pioneers obviously, y'all don't at me of fully 3D rendered and third person video game platforming um, as well as third person video game in general. Um, so the one of the really cool things that Tomb Raider does is it introduces not just like this new genre of action adventure, it also introduces platforming and it also introduces harder AI and enemies as well as character animations that were, uh, that were made without mocap. Um, one of the other really cool things that it does is you actually have full control of the camera in Tomb Raider. So you leave behind that locked camera position that a lot of games had at the time, which is something that should have been left back then.
1: I, people that are still making lock camera games, I don't like you. I don't know why that still exists. And I hate it.
0: It was so like I played the medium and I understood why they did it, but it made my head hurt because it shifts your perspective and it is just very hard to navigate environments in that way. But we can thank Tomb Raider for really pushing uh, how these 3D rendered and open worlds worked as well as the type of. Um, I don't really know how to explain it, but like the type of space that you as a player take up in them, because when you're playing first person, it's a very different and limited scope of what you're doing. Whereas one of the things that was extremely important to Tomb Raider, especially as you're working through puzzles and platforming, is having a full range of understanding your environment, knowing where you can go, knowing where you can't go and knowing what pathways you can try. Um, That's something that is really, really key, especially for the trap integration that happens in the game. Um, But that also wasn't everything. Uh, Tomb Raider is one of the first games where you actually have moves that link together. Um, So what that means is like uh, flips into another flip, drawing your guns into a flip, um, the swan dive from a running stance, All of that was smoothly integrated and you may not really recognize it now because it's what we're used to. But before then, when you had 2D rendered games, there really wasn't a concept of fluidity of motion, especially when you're doing, um more limited mocap, and being a fully animated piece, you were able to directly have things chained together. Um, there were some really cool codes, like there was a god code that you could put in, or a code that would like make Lara blow up when you did it. Um, and it was just by doing a series of moves, and it just it was really fun. It was like uh, backflip, 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 sideflip, sideflip, like that kind of stuff. Um, and just visually, it was great. And I know, like, looking back now, if you look back at old Lara, like, those, the polygons were polygon Um, But back then, that was, like, just really, really good, which is hard to think of now. Especially with, like, how amazing Crystal Dynamics has done, you know, their games currently. Um... Additionally, the game helped push analog controls with the second game. Um, So use of both your analog sticks and the D-pad, all that stuff. Um, So controlling the camera, movement, everything like that. Um, You also were given real-time lighting effects right lighting effects with flares. Um, So instead of having entire level designs in one lighting, you would have a level design that would change when you would operate your flare, uh, which is one of my favorite things. And going back to the movies movie when she cracks the light sticks, I got very excited because that's directly from the game. Um, And then even if the animations were a little, oh, I already talked about that. Um, So the next thing, when it comes to mechanics, Uh, is also when it comes to gameplay. The tutorial is a whole game in and of itself. Uh, It is... So essentially I would spend hours just in the mansion tutorial level. And what this was done was you could have a timed training course in which you would platform. You would, you would go through your traversal and platforming skills as well as your aiming. But then you also had full range throughout the entire mansion. There was a gymna- gymnastics area. There were mazes. There were uh, locking the butler in the freezer, which I did all the time. Uh, And All of that work to not only create a tutorial that taught you, but also, at least for me, an open world tutorial helps you get more familiar with how your character acts in those situations or like new items versus an on the rails. Now press X. Now press Y. Okay, go fight something um so that for me is something that is is really important about this game and croft manor is probably one of the most iconic video game uh, locations in in my mind um and it was also because they hid secrets so like the manor wasn't just the manor that you could use like you it was an exhaustive level that was designed to be that way um so yeah any thoughts opinions ideas
1: Uh, no, I mean, obviously the tutorial is great. Um, I think we used to have that in older games in general, just making designs where you did stuff. I believe tutorials these days are very lazy, to be honest. Um, like I said, they were all great back then, but I know a lot of games that i played these days, the tutorial is very half-assedly done. And the fact that we don't even get, like, instruction booklets or anything else anymore and I have to go fight through ad space on a damn internet to find anything um, has always bugged me, especially the more complex of games we get. And so I having tutorials that allow, not just, like you said, to press X, but to be able to actually do what you're doing has always been a plus.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And that's also one of the things that I really enjoyed about the Hitman game, or Hitman 3, was because their tutorial level is, like, just... It's really good. It's learn your character how you want to learn them, um, which is what I always saw the Tomb Raider one like. And I think you're right. Like, I think a lot of... I'm more for a tutorial that lets me really get to know my character and have it be a whole thing versus like oh the first level of the game and you get some pop-ups as you come in um because i don't think you really learn a character or mechanics that way or at least not as quickly as you would if you were playing around
2: yeah, I think it's like just like I learned by doing kind of thing, and I think like what you said at the beginning that it's not the first, but it just does it really well. And I think that from our last few video game episodes over the last year and a half or so, I think that's what we've kind of come to understand that even if it's not the first, like it just does it so well that it makes everything better. Because I was thinking like whenever anyone talks about you know first the three D the three D platformer, I think the general consensus would probably be like oh yeah well, Mario sixty four, which does come out the same year that the first Tomb Raider game does but they're obviously different games so i don't think you can really compare them all that much and i just think that tomb raider probably a little bit more dynamic in the stuff that it does in the 3d world versus like what mario 64 does when you're kind of just more cartoony jumping around compared to like yeah badassery jumping around
1: hold on have you never jumped off an entire cliff in mario 64 only to do this flip right at the end and land on your stomach and roll and don't take any damage (laughs) that is amazing I've done a handstand thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, when I'm thinking tutorials too, um, I know not all of them are probably great, but I know one of my favorite ones when it does come to this whole like interactive thing is probably a lot of the sports games. I know FIFA, NHL, 2K, they just give you like open rinks, open court, open field to where you just can do whatever you'd like to do. And it's untimed, anything. And obviously they have stuff that does drills, which is pretty nice. But I do think when it comes to, like, tutorials of learning characters and moves and even just being able to do stuff, especially more complex stuff, I think sports games at least do it a little better than a lot of stuff I see today.
0: Yeah. No, I agree there. So, moving away from the game mechanics to the most important part of Lara Croft. Her boobs. Uh, Because I'm going to talk about them a lot. Uh, In this section, Uh, but the real part of the section is that uh, the real but why, though, here is Lara Croft easily became one of the largest feminist icons in gaming, one of the most well-known female characters and outside of Samus Aran, who showed up suited. So you didn't know that Samus was a was a woman until the end. uh, Lara Croft, it has the mantle of being one of the very first solo female video game protagonists. Um, and she did so without and, – In and one of the reasons I love her is she did so without being defined by other people around her, um, which I think is really important and something that, like, game companies struggle with even today. And even, like, the new Lara series struggles with making her be her own person outside of, like, men in her group and stuff like that. So, um as I mentioned before initially the character of Lara Croft was supposed to be designed as a guy because it was supposed to be a direct in a uh, direct indie spin-off or Indiana Jones spin-off um and she was uh, reimagined as Laura Cruz, which, as I mentioned, I'm still very bitter about because that would have been amazing. Uh, and she took inspiration from Tank Girl. Um, so her boobs were inspired by the rocket bra that Tank Girl wears, but more specifically, it was Tank Girl's attitude. Um, essentially owning her objectification, brandishing brandishing her promiscuity, and pretty much breaking the norms of what was accepted to be feminine. So if I I'm also a huge fan of Taint Girl, um, if you don't know. And if you look up the original artwork for Lara, it was very uh, irreverent. Not towards Lara, but towards, like, any concepts of femininity. Like, she had a very hyper, like, not hyper-sexualized, but she she had a traditionally beautiful and sexy body. But at the same time, like, she's drawn holding severed heads. Like, there, the inspiration for, for Lara Croft came from this movement of girl power g r r r l um and like this idea of pushing back against norms and this was really one of the first times i don't want to say first like the 60s is all about sexual empowerment and everything like that but through characters like tank girl you essentially got women who were And I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. It, It's Sex positive, I guess, is the easiest way. Um, You could be sexy without being sexual. And then there were issues that came from that. Uh, Not just with people not liking her boobs, but actually some really bad decisions that Core Design made in her marketing. Um, So for initially when Toby Gard Gard created her, she wasn't supposed to be a quote-unquote tits-out-for-the-lad type hero. Um, But... Essentially, what happened was the moment she came out, cyber art got a hold of her. There were nude patches for all the games, which she would play naked. Um, and then core designs, uh, greenlit appearances in ma- magazines with titles like Silicone Girl or Bigger Than Pammy, Wiser Than Yoda. Um, and there was a lot of sexualization that ended up getting pushed by Eidos. Uh, or Ido's pushing core to essentially like include all of these like objectifying pieces. And this is one of the reasons that Toby actually left core design because he just like, essentially they took his character and just ran her into this like hypersexual and not really respected, at least from like a marketing standpoint person. Um, There's the story that like people had purposely made her boobs like of like absurdly large because they just like flipped it all to the end. Um but for me when we look back and we look at kind of her history, like Laura Croft as a character in her own game, there isn't any objectification that happens. And and I think that there's an important distinction between sexualization and objectification so like when you look at a character who is objectified that character is doesn't have their own agency they're defined by people around them and the only thing they are is any sort of sexual gratitude that they can give to another party whereas somebody who is sexualized and is shown in like that type of thing they can be sexy they can have you know larger breasts they can you know be nude all that stuff but they can also still end up Um, means like sexy doesn't mean that you're objectified and i think in the games that is very much who Lara is like they're like she is just a character who happens to have really big boobs but she's also a really smart archaeologist she's a character who refuses to let anybody push her around and she fights freaking dinosaurs and so like for me when we have this larger conversation about how Lara croft it was made for men like It was marketed for men, but the game itself, it was very respectful to the character. So I think when we have those conversations, we ignore what the actual original games did. And we focus so much on what, like, the really shitty decisions that Kor and Eidos made, um... And let that kind of like supersede her actual legacy, which for little girls like me was, I got to be a badass archaeologist. So, the larger part about this, too, is that Lara Croft, like I said, fit into this larger piece of 90s feminism, of girl power, of riot girls. Um, and Lara Croft was made to essentially fit into the 90s uh, Brit pop aesthetic. So, think about like Spice Girls, uh, Buffy, Xena. All of that type of stuff. Adrian's currently moving his head and I feel like he's singing a Spice Girl song. Uh, yes, I was in my head. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Very much so. <laughs>
0: um, But yeah, so, and and from that you get all the things that I just talked about. You get a lot of characters and fans of those characters who are really pushing to try and demolish double standards that separated genders and established treatment and representation for women in both like law and media. And like, feminism in the 90s like this is probably one of the larger pieces where you get to see direct action on like female heroines taking place in media um and that doesn't mean it didn't happen before but it means in the 90s you have an explosion of female characters leading the way in both video games uh and television and film as well Um, women really get to be action hero things and you also see a value in reclaiming girly aesthetics and girly things like buffy um and then you just have like these larger celebrations of bodies and sex and sex positivity which i think when we look at it when if, when you look at it from the 2013 lens which is when the first conversation started with like reducing laura's breast size making her more normal and changing her which like i'm fine with because those games are hyper realistic animated versus how all the other stuff was um it it kind of misses the point of like the type of feminism that Lara croft was originally playing into was like no we can be sexy and we can be these things and we can also kick ass which is extremely important and i think that it's something that a lot of people still struggle with now both when it comes to receiving media and producing media um so i just want to make sure that that stays at the center of the conversation because when laura initially came out all of the crappy marketing aside she was a feminist icon because of these things and because of the feminism of the 90s and early 2000s that she fit into so, this is where we get into the large argument of whether or not the original Lara Croft can be sexy and also be a feminist, so alluded to it the whole time when the rebooted Lara Croft came out, and I say "reboot just because her design was overhauled. There was a lot of talk about how Lara's initial sex appeal was a large problem and they needed to correct it. Now, when we look back on the marketing, uh models were hired, uh models hired to play Lara Croft, including former Page Three. Page Three is a nudie magazine model who Nell McAndrew was later fired for posing for nudes as Lara for Playboy. Um, essentially Lara becomes a fake woman and is not human and not a real woman. So she can't be feminist. And the reason I use fake and real is because apparently, uh, because she isn't ascribed like a lot of emotions in the games that somehow removes any sort of femininity. Cause you can't just be a badass. You have to also have all these other things. That's yeah, a whole topic. Um, And then also she's frail in the fact that like she doesn't have any clothes on um, or like she's wearing, you know, kind of like the booty shorts and like the sleeves of shirt for like everything. She doesn't have a lot of supplies. She doesn't have a team um, and all of that makes men want to protect her and all that kind of stuff. And that's like the argument as to why original Lara can't be feminist. But like for me... Um, When I look at, like, why she has been a feminist icon for me and why she is really important for representing women in the gaming space, whether she was created – regardless of the marketing cycle, regardless of the fact that she was created by dudes, is the fact that – the only women in video games were objects of the male protagonists, so fantasy dominatrix types, dam- damsels, side characters, and this is obviously Samus Aran, notwithstanding before she came around. Um, and while she was marketed to men and boys, the early consumer reports from Eidos said that 40% of the people buying her games were female. So, like, regardless of this really high push towards the hypersexualization of Lara Croft in magazines and TV and everything, there was still a very large fan base of women and girls who were picking up these games to play. Um, And uh, this is a quote about her. Um, she not only took what was traditionally a man's role; she was a strong woman in her own right, dangerous, intelligent, and attractive. In Tomb Raider, we learn that Lara is a freelance adventurer and archaeologist. She plays for sport over money. Uh, that's one of my favorite lines that she ever says in anything ever, meaning that her time is as flexible as her body. She's independent outside of her job too, as she has recently moved into an expansive mansion and she that she bought for herself. Her hips are not for bearing the babies of a man she may fall in love with but for the for the gun holsters to lie to some people lara was a sex symbol and was this beautiful woman who positioned who was positioned as a pinup character in, in in advertisements but she was also inspirational on so many levels and had a fairly fleshed out character and a very interesting one and she was inspirational in terms of her independence and quick wit and that's from megan marie who's uh a game scholar and For me, like that sums up why I love her. I even I wrote a piece about it that's on the website right now where I talk about like like why Lara Croft is more than the male gaze and why we can't throw out the original Lara Croft for the sake of the new one. Like we can celebrate both because they both do different things.
1: Yeah, which kind of goes two things I have about this whole entire thing of one, we're still thinking at the time of you said 40 percent of her audience was female uh, we're female and stuff, but the funny thing we get when we talk about video games, especially during the 90s and everything else, of I don't think a lot of little girls are looking at Playboy. Um, yep. I don't think they're looking at a lot of these advertisements, and especially considering a lot of these generational people think that video games were for kids in the first place. Yeah. Um, marketing stuff you're talking about probably wasn't even for them, much of the part. Mm-hmm um so that's kind of like the weird thing that's why this is always when i hear this stuff and it, i'm like dude so 30 year olds who were not playing the game as you all said they were for kids was not getting all this marketing type stuff uh the second thing that comes to and kind of within the inclusion of which warcraft kind of reminded me of especially if you've talked and done stuff and then we even moved from the 90s feminist girl power stuff is when we did signful episode of elaine who is very sex positive yeah. and you talked about on that episode and how that kind of goes away from the norms of everything obviously elaine with more of just a comic <laughs> you know comedian <laughs> yeah. type show but just kind of you see throughout the entire different genres of more than just being you know i guess technically the badass who fights dinosaurs but the other badass who fights people for sponges yes and so, <laughs> <laughs> um kind of what we see throughout this whole thing and just the in general people can basically get confused whatever this whole thing between can people be sexy anymore yeah. and all the stuff that we see in sex positive and all the other stuff yeah
0: and that's been like my biggest problem like especially when i've tried to have conversations and obviously don't have conversations online and i haven't tried to in a while but like when i was like first coming onto twitter and like some of the the newer games the new two raider games were coming out Like, people would automatically just say, oh, yeah, the the old Lara was trash. And I was like, but why? It's like, oh, her boobs. I was like, okay, but why did you play the games? Like, did you actually see her story? Did you actually see what she did? Or do you just see that she was a boobs and just write her off? Because, like, that for me is just as bad as, you know, like, you're defining her by her looks either way. Either either you're somebody who is buying into the Playboy magazines and that's the only reason you like her, or you're somebody who is completely throwing her in the trash bin because she has big boobs. And that's something that bugs me to no end.
1: Which we've seen a lot of actually since we started this podcast in general, just a lot of stuff where the people who are supposed to be for change who end up just all they end up doing defining the people they say is stuff by simpler terms. Yeah. Like you said of boobs. And we've seen it with a variety of things, but yeah, like, yeah, I saw boobs, and that's bad. Yeah. Like, so and this think, is like,
0: no, don't exist because, like, it, it and it and it, and this is a conversation we have in anime all the time. And this is no shade to like the reboot, lore Because, like, honestly, like, watching the Candors movie, I actually ended up with a larger appreciation of the first two Tomb Raiders games than I did. Um, having you know, then I played this, I don't like them, but like, I had a larger appreciation, like. Lara Croft doesn't have to be defined by her body, but, like, we also need to notice that Lara Croft is doing two different things in two di- in two completely different generations of both gaming and feminism. And I think that that's something that a lot of people just completely forget or ignore. Yeah. Boobs good. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, that's, like, my thing here, right? Like, first of all, who doesn't like boobs? Like, point me out a person, and if they don't like boobs... I I am gonna call them. There's a, a
0: reason I appreciate DOA's jiggle physics. Yeah, like, <laughs> like just
2: just stop. But but also like, like oh she's or sexualized and blah 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 and like people are doing all these new things. Dude, rule rule thirty-four exists. We talked about a super Mario porno during our Mario episode. Like those things happen. So to like let that just influence your opinion on the game, like just shows how much I don't want to gatekeep Tomb Raider, but, like, it just shows, like, how much you just don't care about the character just from the get-go. Yeah. And your which, arguments are kind of invalid to me at that point.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We talk about um, what we kind of mentioned of stuff of people. As we talk about the whole thing of people, like, fan- fantasizing or any type of other stuff, like, you are literally doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, obviously there are going to be people that do that, we know, and it's bad, but then the day, if, like, if that's what you are doing to make sure you're quote-unquote stopping it, you are still doing yeah. the exact same well, thing. Well,
0: and that's, like, the other thing, too, that, like, I, because, like, for me, like, when we look at this Tomb Raider narrative, Toby, like, the, the guy who created Laura left the company because of how shitty the company was marketing her, and that is on the company, but like you can't put that on the character because literally the dude was doing what he could to protect his character and make her this way, and so much of the conversation has—they don't even blame Idos and Crystal for, or and uh, Idos and Core uh, for this. They're just like, "Oh no, boobs bad, devs bad," and I'm just like, "No, honey, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, play the game, yeah, and then so we can like, talk." We're, we're,
2: we're, like, what <laughs> like the you know. Uh... And Angie Jolie movies are those bad too because yes some of like, them had said that you can't, and it, it's you can't like the movie and not like the game for when it's like the same thing just because yeah. like Angelina Jolie's hot like doesn't give you mm-hmm. a pass to not like I don't know just doesn't no. make any sense in my head no
0: I completely agree um that's the hill I will die on I wrote a whole article on it go read it um <laughs> It, 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 and I, and I think it also just comes from a very personal place because, like, I, I would say Laura Croft is the strongest woman I had in media for a very long time um and that that means something to me so i get a little angry when people try to take it but that when away. you
1: were a little kid did you see all the little no, playboy magazines? no i didn't
0: i did not see any <laughs> of the playboy apparently magazines apparently they were worried all I that's what, all you see, saw well and that's the thing cuz like she didn't just do playboy magazines like they also i think she was like on a cover of wired that had like some of that stuff like some of those titles no kid is reading things. wired well, that's what i was saying like i didn't see that my mom didn't even see that my mom just said ooh female indiana jones my kid wants to be an Egyptologist when she grows up here we go. This is perfect for her, and that's like that's really important. Like you can say whatever you want about Eidos and and Core, but like leave leave Lara herself out of this. Damn it.
1: Um, unless they, put, uh, I guess they did put in the game, but anyways, what? No, I was just like unless the unless they're like handing those playboys out to all the people buying the game. I just, I mean, don't... yeah,
0: I mean they. <laughs> They put the nude patch in, so
1: like well, yeah, <laughs> I, I- yeah. Idos,
0: Idos and Core messed this up a lot. But it 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 was really not what the creator wanted, and I think that that's a really important standpoint to make. Because like the creator of Blood Rain and like Bayonetta, they want their characters to be seen like as those sexy things. And Toby Guard was just like, "She's an archaeologist adventure, guys! Please stop making her have nude Ooh. patches."
1: I mean, it's still just funny when we have these conversations because it always end up being, well, you're a woman. You either get to be sexy or you get to be intelligent, but you're not allowed to be both.
0: Right? And I hate that. And Laura and I'm Croft And they're like, is Laura, both. I thought you
1: were the good ones. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? And Laura Croft is both.
0: And that's <laughs> You important. must be ugly if
1: you're smart or you must be dumb if you're thinking I'm yeah. like, I'm at what?
0: <laughs> anyway, stop putting people into gender res- restrictive boxes. Let them be whatever the hell they want to be and embrace your sexuality. It's not going to kill anything. This brings us to the reboots, which I feel like I've kind of slandered a lot up to this point just because of this. Um, but the reboot, uh, the re- and reboot in quotations, it's actually a prequel to the existing series. Um, they do retcon some timeline things, but ultimately it is made to be a prequel and not a soft reboot. The uh, reboot series or the new series launched in 2013 with Square Enix as publisher and Crystal Dynamics and now Eidos Montreal developing. Um, it has been in the works. Uh, it was in the works since Underworld's release in 2008 Two Meter Underworld. That is a very good game. The goal was to change everything and this is partially due to the lack- lackluster responses to the games. Um, and the atrocities that exist like Angel of Darkness, which I appreciated, but like it was very bad. So essentially they saw it as something, how do you say this? Instead of saying, hey guys, maybe we don't release a game every year. They said, hey guys, people don't like 3D platformers anymore. So let's redo the whole system and throw it all out.
1: You know what they said? They said people like Assassin's Creed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, two meter 13 or two, uh, two, yeah. Two Raider 2013 was actually the best selling game of this, uh, the best selling game series of 2013. Um, I bought it like day one. Like I was really excited. Um, it's re- it's written by Rihanna Pratchett. Who's really, really famous now. Um, she also did heaven, heavenly sword and mirror's edge, which are also two really phenomenal games of feeble protagonists. Like they're dope mirror's edge is, mirror's edge is amazing. one I of the mirror's most, edge underrated games of the 360 generation like that game is so phenomenal um the parkour and just
2: yeah wholeheartedly
0: agree chef's kiss um now the way she was described uh was that she's human now because she's emotional and she's vulnerable um i personally Uh, make the frail argument, but in a different way, because where she had no clothes on here, now she has, like, no emotional fortitude. Um, sorry, I just have a lot of issues. Um, so... Quoting Rihanna Pratchett, she said, "We're careful to make sure that people do not underestimate her because of her gender. We try to make others in the game utter uh, utter gender basler. We try not to make others in the game utter gender based I Either this is this way. The way Lara is marketed now is not sexualized. It's still beautiful. It's still strong, and it's still characterful. But it's not sexualized in the way that it has been before. I I was attracted to this project because she wasn't over sexualized. She shows who she is as a person, not as an object." and this is where Kate gets mad because Lara Croft was never an object as I already said the marketing campaign made her that way so yeah do a different marketing campaign also one of the reasons that I really don't like the two the first Tomb Raider games is because it is like Lara Croft is almost sexually assaulted in the middle of one of them and while they don't utter gender-based slurs they definitely do make allusions to having their way with Lara And they go ham on the dying (laughs) sounds where it is just her moaning and grunting. And as much as they say that they tried to not define her as something that was sexualized, they very much did. And in a way that, like, in my opinion, was a lot worse. Because, like, you don't need to make a character vulnerable by making her about to be assaulted. And that bothers me. But yeah, so, like... When I read this quote from Rihanna Pratchett and when I played the game, like, there was just this really big dissonance because I wasn't empowered by this Lara. And and I understand that as a game, the Tomb Raider 2013, you're supposed to see her before she's become the Lara that we know. Um, but it bothers me because why do we need to have that? Like, why can't you just have a woman be strong and be an intelligent archeologist and also like be in control of her own body and all of these things. Like I didn't need to see Laura being traumatized over. Cause I thought that first game, so much of it, Laura has like no resources. She's consistently in harm's way. And like, she's surrounded by dudes and it is just so aggressively like trauma porn that like it is hard to get through. And I and I, I had that game one hundred percented, and it was like it it's just because I kept wanting it to get better. I was hoping more tombs would pop up. Uh, none of it did, and so like it's hard for me to hear the feminist arguments for Tomb Raider thirteen when like I had such a negative experience playing it, especially as somebody who like finds power in the original.
1: The funny thing is, we've heard that, I mean, that's an argument that we've heard not just from you, but I've heard multiple times from a lot of people about this that this reboot yeah. stuff, and it's just interesting of, like, we throw out the original because boobs, but, you know, the new feminist power is, I get to survive sexual assault.
0: Yeah. It, it's frustrating. Um, Like, you don't have to have, you don't have to traumatize, like, a woman doesn't have to be traumatized in order to become a badass. She can just be a badass, and that's fine. Yeah and and we need to get to the point where that is okay um so also but
2: Jonah but Jonah exists. <laughs> we don't get Jonah. This is true. This I, lo- I so love so Jonah.
0: Jonah is a phenomenal character. So one of the things and I will I will put it here cuz I don't think I actually talked about it. One of the really good things that the new series does is it establishes a cast of characters that while yes it does decenter Lara, it does also give you a more in-depth story and you get really cool characters like Jonah. Like Jonah's dope. I, I yeah. do really like him. Um, so Tomb Raider 2013 brings a lot of new players into the franchise. And like, this isn't me saying that, like, if you only like the 2013 games, you don't belong here. Like, you definitely do. But it is a very different experience than what a lot of people who had been playing Tomb Raider know and expected from the games. Um so it's important to note that while Uncharted was influenced by the original Tomb Raider games, the new Tomb Raider games were heavily influenced by Uncharted, which led to a lot of people just calling it an Uncharted rip- ripoff, which I'm not totally against because I feel like yes it was, even though Uncharted was a ripoff of Lara Croft, which was a ripoff of Indiana Jones. So here we are. The cycle continues. <laughs> But the reason that I have issues with the new Tomb Raider games outside of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is my favorite, and God, I love that game so much, um, is that it completely removed a lot of the mechanics that originally existed in the original Tomb Raider series and instead replaced them with a uh, with RPG mechanics, uh, new uh, a pretty close to FPS combat system, and stealth mechan- mechanics that weren't ever present. So they made combat
1: Assassin's combat. Creed
0: pretty much. You essentially end up speccing Lara based on experience points. You get skill trees like Brawler, Survivor, and Hunter. Um, you have the stealth mechanic, and while players solve puzzles during the game in its main campaign and, and the optional content, I argue, like, having played it through, like, I literally kept trying to find every damn thing I could because I wanted the game to be better and I wanted to like it more. Um, The majority of the puzzle solving actually happens in the optional content so if you don't if you just do the mainline story and avoid it you miss all of the all of the puzzles um and because like the puzzle mechanic that um that is introduced is actually really interesting and as they build on it as a series goes on it hits like really full force in shadow of the tomb Raider. but you have smaller world puzzles that then fit into larger world puzzles that help you traverse and progress in your levels that i think is really really well done but all of that is hidden away. Um, also, so what? They
1: made Assassin's Creed. Yes,
0: Matt, they made Assassin's Creed. It's frustrating. Um The other thing is that while it is a Tomb Raider, a Tomb Raider game, there are only seven tombs in the base game of Tomb Raider. No, that's not how that works. Um now Rise of the Tomb Raider institutes a pretty subtle shift in my opinion. So Uh, You have, like, phenomenal success with Tomb Raider 2013, but Rise of the Tomb Raider really embraces more of the tomb diving, um, more, like, in, like, the geocaching sense, and then also really embraces more puzzles. You still have stronger stealth mechanics, but you do have the option to kind of play without that if you want to, um, outside of a couple of missions. So they went full Assassin's Creed. Yes, Matt, they went full Assassin's Creed. Leave it alone. And... But it's still not Tomb Raider because when it, like we said, Tomb Raider introduced and did better the three, the fully 3D rendered platforming and none of that. Like there's some in it, but not that much. Um, then you have Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is my favorite because it is so chocked full of uh platforming mechanics, beautiful traversal mechanics, Whole bunch of puzzles, extremely difficult tools, uh, tombs that you can go into. And this game underperforms compared to the other two because people didn't like it. And I have not met a single person who is in love with the 2013 game that loves Shadow. And everybody that I know that didn't like the 13 game uh, actually loves Shadow because we're getting back to the core of what Lara Croft was when it came to the game.
2: These games are better than any Assassin's Creed game I've ever played.
0: <laughs> oh shit
2: well clearly that is wrong but that's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> considering shadow, these games are shadow, clearly tomb, rip off of shadow Sessi. of the tomb, tomb raider got better story than, than
1: shadow, shadow of the tomb, raider. tomb raider. you clearly story? never played
2: the first few games so, but that's wh- fine <laughs>
0: what makes me frustrated is shadow of the tomb raider i think is what they should have done from the beginning because Lara goes through some shit in shadow of the tomb raider it's pretty heavy She is responsible for some deaths that she has to carry with her, Um, but she doesn't feel like she's being assaulted at every single turn. Like, her vulnerability is more of, like, the weight that she puts on herself and not necessarily, like, this hostility and fear from others, which I think is, like, one of the best ways to, like make a character and to drive a character because one of the really important like one of the really awesome things that i thought was done really well here is in the in the tomb raider movie with the candor, there's that moment where you get to watch Lara kill her first person like ever and it's really emotional one of my favorite scenes in all the video games is where Lara is, goes predator and is, like, rising up from the water on fire. And one, you see her big-ass biceps. But two, she just goes completely berserk and, like, you see this flip in her. Um, all that is to say, like, I don't know what is planned for the future of these games, but if Shadow of the Tomb Raider is what I'm going to keep getting, I'm really excited um, and I want to see more. When you go into the ratings though, so the first Tomb Raider, uh, so Tomb Raider 2013 had 9.1 on IGN. Uh, The Definitive Edition had an 85% on PS4 and uh, 81% on Xbox One and 86% on PC from Metacritic. Rise of the Tomb Raider was a 9.3 on IGN with uh, PS4 being an 86, 88 for Xbox and then 86 for PC. And then for Shadow of the Tomb Raider, it ended up with an overall 78 on Metacritic, a nine a nine out of ten on a nine out of ten on Steam and a nine out of ten on IGN. Um so there have been like some dips, but um I think IGN has been pretty consistent in rating about nines, but I don't know how much I trust IGN's rating on a lot of things. Um, but yeah. And, and that's really where we are now. Um, You know, we're celebrating 25 years of an icon in gaming that has really influenced everything from game mechanics, sadly, marketing, um, but also has really defined a generation of gamers. And I know for a lot of people, especially like women gamers, like Tomb Raider and Lara Croft is a big part of like how we got to where we are and how we really found a foothold in gaming. um. So that's all I got. That's Lara Croft. <laughs> Any questions, class?
2: Uh, tell me about Tomb Raider Reloaded. Just kidding. I don't know. I it, I guess they're coming out with an arcade game uh, in Canada. I guess I, it's like the newest Tomb Raider thing set to...
0: I did not even know about that.
2: Yeah, so I don't think it's... I I clicked on it because I thought it was going to be, oh, we're going to get another Tomb Raider game. Um, I kind of like Three Boots. I... I like all of them in the same way, but again, I don't have like the same lens of looking at things that Kate does, so I, I definitely understand those issues with the 2013 game. I haven't replayed it, so I'm sure if I replayed it, I'd, I'd see a lot of those things. But the first time I played it, I was just like, I'm going to shoot this dude in the face. Yeah. Stealth mechanic. What is stealth? I, I got a, <laughs> I got a rocket launcher. Um, I'm, no, I don't know. I don't think you have a rocket launcher, yeah. but I have an arrow. I'm going to shoot someone in the face. Um, but Shadow of the Tomb Raider is great. I think Shadow of the Tomb Raider is great. I don't know if you mentioned it, but... Um, I I love like the um, the history things, and the, obviously since so you're gonna set it in the the region that Rise uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is set, I spent more time probably like reading, you know the aztec thingamajig or like this thing or, or that yeah. thing um because it was just really really interesting i think that that game has the best of like those little nuggets throughout the entire yeah. uh, of the three like,
0: and i will games. say like i was really worried when they first announced shadow of the tomb raider because they show her in like a Galavetta face paint and you like i was like oh we're not doing this again please don't do this with a favorite franchise <laughs> um but when she goes into it like a lot of like they spent a lot of time working with like uh, with, like, native consultants and stuff like that because they use a lot of Nahuatl and K'iche' which are, like, the indigenous languages of, like, the different regions, so, like, Mayan and Aztec. Um, and you can, you can play the game with that entire, like, you can either play with them talking English, speaking English to Laura, or you can actually turn on the voice actors for those things. Like, I think that, like... I think you're right like I think when it comes to actually like immersing you in a culture and immersing you in like a location like Shadow the Tomb Raider like it there are very few few games that beat it and honestly I will say I don't like these games but I can at least admit that they are good games and I see why people like them Um, they fit the mechanics that Assassin's Creed popularized um, and everybody does want to play um, and they are like good games. It's just hard for me to get over the bias of like what Lara is in my head yeah, and what she course. is to me. But they—they they are good games, and their scores prove it.
2: Yeah. The only thing I'll say about the Tomb Raider twenty thirteen stop putting multiplayer in everything.
0: Yes, game. please.
2: I don't need a multiplayer. <clears throat> Assassin's Creed. Which also, <laughs> Assassin's Creed. <laughs> stop putting multiplayer in stuff. We, we don't. We don't. Not every game needs a multiplayer. Stop. Stop doing it.
0: Oh, yeah, I should clarify. I 100% of that game outside of the multiplayer achievement. Yeah, because how could you? Like, how could you? Like, I tried so hard in the lobbies, the like, maybe worked, like, a week in, and then, like, nothing else worked.
1: Yeah. Multiplayer is what killed my fascination with completing games. <laughs> I had, like, the first four Assassin's Creed games all uh, 100%ed like that, and then they added multiplayer. And Brotherhood and happened. Like, well, never doing that ever again. <laughs> and then DLC also ruined it, uh, to be honest. Yeah.
0: But you got any final thoughts, like, Matt? I don't,
1: I mean, Mass Effect like, Okay,
0: no, no, no. Okay. Stop. No. So, Mass Effect 3, 3 so Mass Effect 3's multiplayer is genuinely only good multiplayer that hasn't felt like it was just tacked on, and I spent a solid 2 months of like 2 months playing that damn multiplayer every time I got home.
1: It was so I'll well i go done. play Halo. I
0: it's loved fine. it. No, they're not so even close we, was, to the same thing.
1: I know. One actually is an no, actual multiplayer. No, we're not going to do up. this. Um, no. Wait, next you're going to tell me that Dead Space's multiplayer was No, great that too, was right? awful.
0: That was disgusting. It doesn't <laughs> exist.
2: Just because you shoot things doesn't mean I want to shoot other people like in a lobby with But know, Mass with Effect was chat. essentially
0: just a horde mode, which was, which was why it was good. You just worked with other people to do waves.
1: If I wanted Horde mode, I'd go play actual Horde mode.
0: I hate everybody here. (laughs) Matt, give your final thoughts.
1: Obviously, I played Assassin's Creed, so I never bothered to play this. Uh, Obviously, I never played the original Tomb Raiders. And honestly, the biggest reason, which a lot of these franchises, when we go back and look at, I didn't own a PlayStation. And thanks Sony for being exclusive. So if you want to buy hate exclusives, cause all you people that yell these are great franchises, never know. Cause I didn't own a PlayStation. And it was only exclusive all... for the
0: first three games. It was cross platform cool. for everything else.
1: Yeah, cool. Um by that time I already moved on to something else. Didn't care. Um but no, like but you also talked about how they got worse after time. So thank you for letting me play the shitty games of them all.
0: And technically they're um, not even exclusive anymore and they've been ported to other things.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to play a twenty year old game. I'm just saying. I moved past that.
0: I'm just saying. Also, Tomb Raider anniversary <laughs> like edition that? on the 360 is amazing.
1: That's about like saying I want to go back to fix lock camera, lock camera. I don't want to do that. I've already played them. I would argue you here,
0: but my first game I ever bought on Steam was the emulator for the first Tomb Raider. Yeah, and you it's hated it so hated. bad. I never played it again. It made my heart. Yeah, cry. that's
1: what I'm saying. Like I'm not a person that wants to go back to the 90s and play games, or play their games. We moved past that. I like seeing. I like seeing the bicep and the polygons and the houses. Their heads are actually circles. It's weird. Um, but, anyways, um, but no, obviously, I never really played the beginning ones, Maybe because I didn't own a PlayStation by then. And then, obviously, whether they came later down the line or not, I don't know. I've enjoyed the movies. I'm excited for the second movie sequel, which who knows when we're actually going to get that at this point. But I am excited for that one because I do like, except like the, uh, the what's, what's it called, reboot uh, movie thing or whatever you want to call it, the news thing. So, but obviously I don't know where they're going to go from it, to be honest, just because like you said, we've kind of wrapped it up with Shadow and they're kind of just sitting here. We have a new movies and I think the movies are trying to follow these so we don't have anything back. Um, It should be interesting to see. Um, I still always, I've always been with the Kate thing. It was always weird to me. Um, It wasn't obviously until I got older that I learned that everybody apparently had problems with the old Tomb Raider thing. And I think that's just because, you know, as a kid, I didn't actually have all the Playboy magazines apparently to see all this stuff. But
0: if you love tomb raider if you want to talk about tomb raider um i'm always available it's my baby um but if you want to help support the podcast head on over to patreon.com slash but why though pc you can follow us on twitter at but why pc as well as instagram we finally hit a thousand followers on instagram so that's really cool you can follow us on everything at But Why the PC, and you can follow me on Twitter at oh My MythRander. Adrian?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperRace93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z-93.
0: Matt?
1: Um, Encharted is just nothing but a ripoff, and people who circle jerk over it need to realize where it came from, and you were nothing but a ripoff, and you're the second most overrated franchise behind Mass Effect.